Welcome to Razor Branding Podcast with Jackie Russo. To learn more about how to improve your brand, visit brandrusso.com. Hi, this is Jackie Russo. Welcome to Razor Branding Podcast. I am thrilled and honored to have with me today Katie Freyard Colbert of the Wild Child Wine Shop. And we are going to talk about all things wine, raising kids, uh, a small little baby one for her and four great big ones for me, and surviving a small business uh, opening during a closing of a pandemic. So Katie, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. Yeah. How are you Hi. doing? Good. Hello. All right. So we were trying to figure out um, right before we went live how long I've known you or we've known each other. I would have sworn you were like six or seven when we first met. I felt like you were so young, but um, it was 97. So you were in high school, right? I was in high school. I was probably 15, like driving. Yeah. Right. So um, Um, you were just um, younger. Maybe I felt so much more mature because I had lived in Los Angeles. Yeah, so you you were, you just moved back from Los Angeles. How I long did. were you there? Um, I I left in uh, the spring of '92 and moved back in the fall of '97. So six years. Yeah, were you married? I uh, no, Real? I hadn't even met yeah. Michael yet. Oh yeah, wow. yeah. No, he was in Seattle. We we did not know of each other. And um, so your mom is the reason I was able to come home. Uh, she had opened AKA and had this you know awesomely successful advertising agency and uh joni hill introduced us and that's oh, how yeah. i got the interview she at the time was on um exchange place she had that little office off a of pinhook kind of like by blue dog i never yeah. worked in that office um, oh yeah i, I actually came that. home for a friend's dad's funeral and interviewed the same day as the funeral so i was dressed not in my normal t-shirt and jeans and um got the gig Flew back to LA, packed my stuff, and moved back. In the meantime, wow. they had moved to the office on St. Mary. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that little office behind Blue Dog. That was cute. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. 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 I um I never I saw it for five minutes during the interview and then never went back there again. Um, yeah. Were you involved in the remodel of the St. Mary office? Because I know there was a story about a glass brick wall that seemed kind of uh, momentous. Oh, um, like what's build it and building I, that? Oh, I, think I like. So. Well, I, I don't really remember. I remember like loving those glass bricks so much. Like I was obsessed and there's some at Don's, you know, right. That's closed now. I don't know what they're going to do with that, but um, yeah. And so I think my mom, because I was so obsessed with that, she like facilitated building that big wall for the conference room. That's so cool. I wonder if that's still there. Probably. Probably not. Oh, know. that would make me sad. I took my yeah. uh, my first agency profile picture in front of that glass brick wall because I loved it so much. It's so cool. Why don't it, people use that anymore? It's I don't great. know. We need to bring it back. Yeah. yeah. Um, really are there cool. any glass brick walls in the wine shop at Wild Child? Um, no, but that's something we should consider when we move stuff around maybe. Um, no, no glass brick walls. We have one um, just like fake wall right here to hide the back, but um, it's pretty simple. Right. So um, you are awesomely successful working at Kiki. You're married to Denny, who's an incredible photographer, sought after um, around the country. And you thought, I think I should open a wine shop in the middle of a pandemic. Was that the dinner table conversation? Yeah. Well, we didn't know it was going to be a pandemic. Definitely not. but I guess like for years and years, we had this little idea. I was like, I want to open a little wine shop. And at first it was really just my thing. And Denny was so busy with his thing with photography. And then, you know, we looked at spaces downtown um, before I was pregnant. Uh, we are we considered spaces downtown before I was pregnant. And, um, and then I got pregnant and then wine became the least of my concerns for a while. <laughs> And then when I had the baby, it became a big part of my life again, magically. Um, But also, yeah, we just, uh, we would always talk about wine for a while. And I mean, it's been going on for years. So we looked at all these other spaces and then we realized like Denny has this space. He's had it for almost four years now and he has extra room. We needed to create a storefront anyway. We felt like we were doing a disservice to downtown by not making this precious little space, this building more of a storefront um, for, you know, the whole neighborhood. So that was how we decided to do it here and just do it. It wasn't a big risk. We already had the lease. We were already paying, you know, for it anyway. 
Right. So it was pretty easy. Yeah, you, you make the point about the storefront, and I think that's important. Um, we have, or at least I have storefront guilt, um, because I have two sides between Polk yeah. and um, East Congress that I think should be thriving, fun retail spaces where people can walk by and stop in and buy stuff. You can't really stop in and buy a logo. And so um, yeah. at yeah, some yeah. point, I envisioned my building getting taller and my office would move up with it so somebody wow. can have the ground floor. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be so cool. I could see that. It's right? a great it's a great space. It would be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That makes yeah, perfect sense. Festival time. I have lots of yeah. storefront guilt. Um I need you're to have right storefront. on that. You're yeah. Right. I know it's it was the same with us. I mean, this was Denny's photography studio slash workspace, like office, and it was just a mess of equipment and lights set up and just cords everywhere and didn't people would look in and it didn't make any sense. And you know, there's a lot of windows. So um right. We need to do something about that. So yeah. yeah. Now, unless he was going to start the new, um, uh, was it called um, Olin Mills Photo Studio, where people would just yeah. stop by and take their post pictures? Exactly. Unless he's going to yeah. do that, I think this is a much better use of space. So yeah. you specialize in natural wines, right? Yeah. Okay. Talk yeah. to me about that. I'm not a big wine connoisseur, so I need you to educate me. Yeah. Um, it's it's a really simple idea, but sometimes I feel like trying to explain it gets jumbled um but we started drinking this wine and didn't realize what we were drinking until we found out that there is kind of a term for it natural wine which is nothing new it's the oldest way to make wine because it's basically just grapes in the bottle fermented grapes nothing more so nothing added nothing taken away so when you talk about natural wine you're talking about these very small winemakers that are farming organically and biodynamically most of the time. So there's nothing touching the grapes in the field. They're just growing naturally on the vines. No irrigation, just very simple, but also hard, I guess, to, to do. But that's that's one side of it. And then the other side is not adding anything in the winemaking process. So obviously no flavors or chemicals to enhance it or to stabilize things no outside yeast to start the fermentation process, which to us is kind of like the big one. Like a lot of bigger wineries, big wine companies, they use these yeasts to start fermentation, which kind of homogenizes the wine. When you're making wine on such a large scale, it's kind of like you have no choice. So there's nothing wrong with that. That's just the way you produce a lot of wine at once, I guess. Um, so we believe that, you know, you want to, by not, adding all these things you're really letting the grape express itself fully like to a tea like from where it's from and really just picking up what you know whatever's in the environment where it's grown and in the air around it um so it's it's a simple process and it's not nothing new and you've probably drank natural wine anyone that's drank a lot of wine at some point has drank it and not known it's just been no one's put a label on it and called it that and no one really does put a label on it it's just the way it is right so, well, so yeah the interesting thing to me then would be that it, does it affect the tannins? Does it affect how um, how you're going to feel the next day? Is it any impact like that? Yeah, I, I mean, I you know, it's a lot of people ask the big question is, oh, it doesn't give you a hangover. You know, there's that's what I was less, trying to get to. <laughs> there's less there's less sulfites, like for sure. Like there's already natural naturally occurring like sulfur in wine, but like this is going to have a lot less than anything you're going to buy from the grocery store. It just is because they're not, it's nothing's produced on a big scale to try to stabilize what's going on in the bottle or make it taste a certain way or whatever is done in that world. But, but so you're how you're not, there's a lot of things that aren't added. So, I mean, I, I try to tell people like it's still alcohol, you know, it's, there's alcohol, but usually it's lower ABV than most wines, but still alcohol, but like you're not getting um, you know, if you eat a bag of like processed food versus like a whole food, you feel better when you eat those whole foods. And that's kind of how I can relate to it. It's like less processing, less additives, less whatever goes in, you know, goes into any food or wine or whatever versus like just like a whole food. So, you know, right. you're drinking whole wine, I guess. Which I yeah. love that idea. And I would imagine that for people who know a lot about wine, they're really going to love it. So they can come by and you all can guide them on making the right choices. And then 
when people who don't know anything about wine, like me, um, if I want to stop by, is Denny going to be able to give me some recommendations for the novice to help me not be so yeah. intimidated? I think so. And I, I think like our advantage is we're by no means like, I mean, I guess now we're sort of wine professionals because we have a wine shop, but we were just wine enthusiasts. We were traveling and drinking wine and loving it, but we have no special background in restaurants or wine industry, anything. But um, so we're learning too. Like we're, we're novices too, in a way we're just like excited for more people to drink this wine and discover this wine with us. So I think we're um, definitely have that, like we're able to relate to people. We're not talking big words. I mean, the more and more we know, or more and more we drink every day, we're learning more, but uh, we certainly are like just trying to learn just like everyone else is. So right. it's, it's fun that way. Well, um, pre-pandemic, uh, which I feel like everything is, you know, before and after COVID, um, I know Michael went in uh, to get some wines and Denny was awesome. He was pulling bottles off the shelf. Michael was getting these little private tastings because he had had something at Rafino's during a cooking experience oh, yeah. and he wanted that exact same thing. And y'all didn't have that exact same bottle, but as Michael described the flavor profile of what he had had in Baton Rouge, Denny was able to find something that was very similar that Michael ended up liking even more. Yeah. Well, it's great. Yeah. Good. I know. I think Denny, Denny is really like tuned in to, to like dialed into taste and like he can really help people like more, you know, I have a lot of retail experience, but he has none and he's really good at this, like, because he's really excited about it and he cooks a lot and he's tasting things. He's around chefs a lot. So I think that all plays into like how you can understand what's going on in the bottle. Pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I like how understated you just said, you know, like I have some retail experience. Um, hello, Kiki's one of the greatest shops in town, yeah, Lafayette yeah, and yeah. Baton Rouge. So yeah, let's thanks. talk about that. So that's kind of your your retail beginnings, right? Yeah. Um, you were completely. involved in Kiki from the beginning. From the literally beginning. the human and the store you were involved right. in yeah. from the beginning. Forever my whole life. <laughs> Kiki. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Talk about that catalyst. Like, how did, you know, y'all are just sitting around the dinner table one day and think we're going to open the greatest retail experience for women in Lafayette? Yeah. Um, well, not at all. It was never my intention to, I didn't study like merchandising at school or fashion or know anything about that. I was on my way to be a stockbroker, financial advisor, like my dad. So, um, that was kind of my path. And I was living in uh, the West coast. I was living in San Diego and my mom's like, while she had an average, while she was in advertising started this tiny little shop inside of Molly down right. in the oil center, 500 square feet. She had like books and a little bit of jewelry and some candles and like things that she really liked. And it was just this little nook. It was very cute. And the more, she, you know, I don't know, a, half a year went by and I started going to market for her in LA and meeting with designers or meeting, going to these shows and kind of trying to understand it from that end a little bit. And then uh, I was going to move back and we were going to open a store in new Orleans. And then Katrina hit like in the process of me transitioning back to Louisiana. Um, so I think it had been open about a year and like, I really kind of got into it and um so instead of moving back to New Orleans, like I planned, I moved back to Lafayette, which is the greatest like gift. You know, I, I thought I'd never move back to Lafayette. I was knew I'd move back to New Orleans. I went to college in New Orleans. Like I was love New Orleans. I was gonna move back, and I got detoured here and never left. And I'm so happy I did. Like I love Lafayette, and I love having a business here and making another business here. And it's um, so. So yeah, so I moved back and um, a year after I moved back, we opened like the, the Kiki and River Ranch. And River Ranch was brand new. We were the first store right there. So it was all happening at once. Well, and it ties in nicely because your mom's agency, when I was working there, did the marketing to launch River Ranch. So oh, it only gosh, makes I remember sense. that. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, I remember sitting at a boardroom table um, naming streets one day. Yeah. Wow. How fun. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, and what a great job. You know, I think Michael feels this way, and I know I feel this way, and it sounds like you feel this way, that sometimes you have to leave someplace to realize how much you love it and yeah, come back to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, and San Diego was a great experience, but, you know, you I put on a pedestal, like, 
so, and maybe you did too, like Southern California, it's so cal it's like the coolest, coolest place on earth to, you know, a someone fresh out of college when you just look at the country as a whole and and it was it was great. It was cool. It was very cool. But like so is Lafayette. So is Louisiana. So is everywhere. And I realized that we have just every we have the same, you know, it's we have stuff going on here too. And it right. was moving there to realize that that it's not all about Okay. Yeah, I mean, literally cool in terms of the temperature weather on a day like today. I yeah. do miss the LA weather a little oh, bit. Man. <laughs> Just a bit. San, Diego, San Diego was so incredibly beautiful. It was like boring. Like you wanted that rainstorm. You wanted some kind of like nastiness. So there's that. I mean, I would give San Diego weather right now, but like, right. yeah, I mean, but there was like, I missed a little bit of that funkiness too. So. Well, I think I, if you wake up every day with the ocean right there and the mountains right there and the perfect weather, you don't appreciate it as much. Um, and so for me, being away from it now, when I go to vacation somewhere that's got gorgeous yeah. weather, I appreciate it every minute I'm there. And then I'm glad to come right back to home because yeah, I like sure. everything here every day. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Me too. Well, and yeah. it's about making the most of it. So, so you move back, you've got Kiki going, you meet Denny, um, and then y'all produce Kit the mm -hmm. most amazing child of all time. Is she still hovering around in the background? Are we going to get an no. on-camera appearance? Oh, okay. he, they're walking around doing an adventure, oh. or she calls it, she has a weird way, she, like, venture. Yeah, yeah, they're doing a little adventure around downtown. They'll be back, though. Yeah. Okay, good, 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 good. And so is she named for Wild Child, or is Wild Child named for her? Um, yeah, she is, na she's the name sake of wild child we call it wild child because of her because okay. we were calling her wild child yeah right what with so that that's how that all formed yeah i mean yeah. anybody who has the privilege of following her on your instagram knows that kit capri has the best hair of all time it's really good it's hair like it's a blonde yeah and it's like the blonde i always wanted and tried all my life to get i tell people that it's like all the dye that i put in my hair has seeped into her Right. In my, in my yeah, womb or something. It's what we pay for. It's it's the, yeah. the, the hair we buy, she gets naturally. Yeah. 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 That's what mine looked like when I was little. It just didn't stay uh, that way. Yeah, no, I, mean, I don't know if it'll stay. No. Yeah. Um, so when did Wild Child officially first open? So we opened our doors January 8th. Okay. So about two months before pandemic mode. Right. So you're up, you're running, people are stopping in, and you're starting to build a presence, and then all of a sudden everything has to shut down and – you're like, oh, but we just opened this business. Um, yeah. You know, I think about y'all. I think about Sugar Wolf Outdoor. I think about a lot yeah. of businesses that opened in the first quarter of this year. So what was your pivot like? How did y'all adjust? I mean, did you go to curbside delivery or you? what are yeah. you doing? It was, um, it, it, you know, in a way it was, it was a nice way. It, it forced us to pivot in the best way, I guess. Like we, since we opened, we opened too fast. Of course, you're rushing to do everything like anyone would do. And, you know, we wanted to have a website. We wanted to have, you know, all these things in place that we never had a chance to do because we were just open. And it forced us to stop. Like, I mean, it was, I remember it was our aunt, wedding anniversary, March 17th. And that's when they announced that it was like shut down. And we spent all night taking pictures of bottles and putting them on the website. And we said, okay, we're just going to go completely online. I mean, luckily Denny is savvy. He can take pictures. Like we were so, you know, and our website, the whole thing was very easy, all things considered, just a lot of work. And uh, yeah. And then it was kind of great. Like we were open for two months. We had enough of a buzz, like people knew who we were. And then when we went online and we only were open three hours a day for pickups. And so we, everything was closed. We were just like a warehouse in here of wine and hours a day you can pick up the wine that you ordered online and it was awesome like people needed wine people that were meaning to come downtown but you know live across town and don't want to drive like they had all the time in the world now to do that like it was really good for and a good way for us to really like sit back and refocus on our business and organize things and learn about the wine and instead of just drinking it you know like really talk about it more and um so yeah it was right. a good pivot yeah that's awesome uh joan bruchard says love the name can't wait to go by drove by last week just to see the storefront precious she oh, joan bruchard thanks. 
Thanks, Joan um, Broussard. And Jessica Hauervoss says, I have a little wild child of my own. It's quite a ride being a mom of a little one and also trying to succeed in business. What are your secrets? How are you uh, balancing all of it? Because you're still working for Kiki. You're working for yeah. a wild child. You're raising a wild child. Yeah. You got to support Denny and all of his adventures. So how do you do all that? I mean, luckily, we're our schedules are very flexible. And I think a lot of people probably have a lot more. It's the way their lives are made it's a lot harder they have more kids they have a job that they can't just you know be bob around from but i mean luckily with the help of my mo mother with kiki thank goodness kids the only grandchild so i mean my mom is obsessed and will never ever ever be sick of taking care of her so um, i mean i have my mom you know i have i can bring kids to work with me that's like another advantage it doesn't mean i get anything done but I bring her to Kiki, I bring her here, and we just chase her and pick up after her, but at least I'm here too. Um, and then Denny, I mean, through all this stuff, Denny's business as a food photographer obviously has quieted down quite a bit since um, since March. So he's had more time to be here than we thought he would, which was kind of a blessing and, you know, and good because this is a source of business that, while his business is pretty much like, barely existing this one is thriving a little bit so it's balancing out like everything a little you know our time and funds stuff right right yeah. um so when i think about his business though you know obviously incredible photographer and we've gotten to work together on a number of projects over the years and i respect his talent immensely um did he jump onto the um portraiture um trend that a lot of photographers were doing and do a lot of front porch stuff while people were in quarantine uh, no, I mean, we, we, we had the honor of being photographed by Leanne, which was so sweet. And so I loved, sweet, yeah. loved it. Yeah. Uh, but no, he didn't do, you know, I mean, he was, we were so focused on this business. It's been like, well, I'll say this business. And then he has his other quarantine project of baking bread and pizza, which maybe you've seen on his Instagram, get a whole nother Instagram dedicated to it now. And we also have pizza nights here, so um, it's that's been his his portraits or pizza. Good. Well, I was hoping you would talk about the pizza nights. So you started at this really great wine shop. Um, you've done this pandemic pivot now because Denny's become this master bread breaker. So how are the pizza nights working out? Do I come by? I grab a slice. I grab a bottle. I go. I mean, yeah, uh, you go. I mean, we're not letting anyone drink or eat inside. Uh, we are. Um, we have tables outside, it can be hot, but it's cooling off a little bit. So you can get a bottle of wine and we'll open it for you here, you take it outside. We're, uh, we're not like pouring it for you or anything just because of stuff, or, or you can take it to go with your slice. So you get a free slice of pizza with every, wine, every bottle purchased. It's been his way to experiment and like learn how to scale up a bit and I mean, he's getting really good at it. Um, yeah, so it's, it's pretty fun. I mean, hopefully when we go back to being more of a bar in here. We have a license to set to sell on premise as well as off premise. But right now we have the bar closed that, you know, you can eat the pizza here, whatever, you know, hang out for a glass of wine. But right now it's just outside. Will he become a master charcuterie maker uh, right after this? Because that's what I'm coming for. Yeah. Um, well, you know, little secret, Robert Ote at the Super Ed has been doing some really interesting things. Really? really? He's got his thing going on. And he brought Denny some some stuff, and it's pretty cool. So if anyone's going to be doing it, it's it's Robert. So I feel like there might, you might ground, see a collab. Groundbreaking news. We're just announcing right yeah. now the launch of some awesome new downtown thing. Yeah. I don't know. You should get him on here. He would – he's – he would be great. Yeah. That's a great suggestion, yeah. actually. I'm going to reach yeah. out to him as soon as we're done. Um, so Kiki Carfreyard is watching and says, Katie oh. is in the process of buying Kiki, so now I actually work for her. Oh, thanks, Kiki. Is this another breaking bit news. of breaking news we've got? Yeah. What the heck? Um, I mean, it's been an ongoing process, but we always talked about that. I mean, we've we've run the business together. I mean, obviously, it's it kind of started out as her her project, her idea, her vision, and it's, it's Kiki. It's so much it is a, is Kiki. Um, but I mean, we've been partners in it since the beginning. And um, I think, yeah, it's my mom says, you know, she wants to, she knows that eventually we're both not going to be there every day. So I need to take the reins more and it'll be, uh, 
mine or right. it is mine. So yeah, That's awesome. it, yeah. And she wants to, you know, just stay home with Kit. So it's, it's good, but <laughs> See, she'll always be there too. You, you know? basically just made a play date buddy for her. That's what you did. Like you just yeah. created this person for her to have play with play dates with all the time. Pretty much for Yeah. It's a lot of that. It's, I mean, it's amazing to watch my, both of my parents like interact with Kit. It's like, I mean, you know, there was a time where Denny and I thought, maybe we don't have kids. I don't know. I mean, I think I are, always knew in the back of my head I would have kids, but, or a kid. Um, so, I mean, I'm just so glad I did. If for one reason, it's just to see the joy on their faces. It's like, and the life, it's amazing. It's amazing. That is awesome. I can only yeah. imagine Rick on the ground, crawling around, playing with her. Oh, I bet it is yeah. a sight. It's wild. Like, it's, she's obsessed. She's obsessed. He's obsessed. They were swimming, you know, I mean, it's, it's really sweet. I mean, it, I'm so lucky that I have them and that they're here and, you know, and just involves. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. You wouldn't get that in San Diego. No, no. Oh, how it, it wouldn't last. Yeah. No, not they would have moved there probably. Right. Yeah. So as you take over the reins at Kiki, what is your plan next steps? I mean, Lafayette, we're Baton Rouge. Is there an expansion? Is there, I mean, what are you thinking? With Kiki? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, I think what we're doing right now is, uh, it's been, it, it's great. Like we're, we've stayed busy. We, I think we're kind of honing in on certain brands and um, like really getting focused. Like for a while we tried to kind of have all kinds of jewelry and all different price points. And we've realized like we, we just want to focus on the designers that we truly, truly love and, and sell those because that's what we do sell. And, uh, and so we're, we're kind of, if anything, we're, we're weeding out a little bit of stuff. Also, this quarantine has really opened our eyes to how to be more of an online presence with a brick and mortar, how those two, I think it, it made, this made me really think like, no one's really figured that out yet. You know, when, in, when the web, websites came along, everyone thought, this is the end of brick and mortar. And like, that's not true. Like we, we absolutely still need store stores and, um, but we need both. Like, so I think every store that is a brick and mortar needs to have a robust website to drive people into the shop or drive people that come in the shop online and vice versa. And also be like, you know, pandemic ready. So people can pull, order something online, pull up, you drop it off. I mean, there's so many like, we, we've re kind of, it, it's opened our eyes to a whole new way to do business and not just fling open our doors at 10 a.m. every day for eight hours and sit there and hope people come in, but really engage with people online as well. And um, so there's a lot of that focus too right now. Well, and I feel like y'all have done that well, but I also think you've done social media well. Um, I think you do a good job of showcasing the pieces and really inviting people who wouldn't ordinarily get a sense of who the designers are or the collections that you're carrying. And so I, I'm sure part of that's because Denny's a great photographer, but you and Kiki obviously have, I mean, I know Kiki's marketing background is yeah. so exceptional. Um, that comes through, but not in a bad way, like people who overdo it. It's very genuine and real and natural. So kudos on yeah. that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. For the record, Denny does not take any of our Instagram pictures. Really? That's all mostly the girls at the shop. Um, Kat, our manager, and Lafayette and Sydney and Kristen. Yeah. So we all pitch in. Uh, they send me their pictures and then I Instagram them. Well, so, then I have yeah. not been giving mental credit to the right talent because they are exceptional. They do yeah, a great job. Thank you. I'll let them know. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so walk me through kind of um, this naming thing because you, you threw me for the loop. I got to tell you, right before we went live, I have spent all this time under the impression that Kit's actual name is Catherine and that she's the oh. fourth of her line. And oh, now I yeah. am stunned. I don't know how uh, the rest of your family felt about it, but I am a little heartbroken. I mean, well, uh, yeah, I knew, you know, and I like never, I guess I never intended to name her Catherine. <sighs> I think once, because one reason I grew up with a mom and, and because I worked with my mom and for a while I was Catherine Freyard and she was Catherine Freyard and we're flying on a plane together. We're doing these things together. And it was just too confusing. Like that's too confusing when your legal names are the exact same name. Like, no, no. So I knew I wasn't going to name her after me. And, uh, and then 
kit came along because we liked the name and at first we thought it had to be short for something because it just sounds like that but why we were okay. like no yeah we'll just call our kit yeah all right. Well, if yeah. Nancy and Kiki are okay with it, I guess I can get behind it too. Yeah. Um, but your grandmother gave me the greatest compliment of all time in 1990. Oh, yeah. oh. I think it was early 98, uh, but it could have been late 97. I'm not going to remember the exact day. Um, she uh, she called me Bubbles. Um, and ah, at first I thought it was weird. Well, let me, let me, let me preface I can't. it. Maybe I could hear that coming out of her mouth. I don't know. Okay. At, well, at first Continue. I thought she was indicating that I had a future on the stage um, and that was going to be my stripper name. Um, and then I realized it's because she thought that I was effervescent and had all of this energy. Um, and at the time, remember the, um, the little stuffed animals um, with the tags, the red heart tags on them? Um, beanie God, babies? Beanie babies. There was a Bubbles beanie baby. Yeah. Hold on. This one. <gasps> is named Bubbles, and your that mom like gave a, it to me. And that Nancy probably said, worth a lot. It, it probably is, but I would never. Not, I mean, it's literally. I mean, that's how close it is to me. Is it sits on the wow. bookshelf right by my desk all the time? And so Nancy started calling me Bubbles, and I just loved it. And so this is the Bubbles Beanie Baby that's that your mom so gave me to commemorate it. I didn't know that. I love that. Yeah. No, huh. she's the my, best. My grandmother does not dish out compliments, so uh, that's. That's sweet. Yeah, that's oh, good. And I know that. And I have kept yeah. that right here for a long time. That's a big that's one cool. for me. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. So um, one of the things that I've always been amazed by from a marketing perspective is Gary Vee's story, right? So he does all these crazy videos for his family's liquor store in New Jersey. Um, he's on YouTube. He's shouting, you know, four-letter expletives, which I don't imagine you going down that path. But mm. as I think about the knowledge and education y'all have gained from learning about all these wines and then the experiences that I hear people talk about all the time going in, what are you thinking about, I mean, are there wine classes? Are there tastings in the future when we can gather that way again? Yeah. Um, yeah, we are definitely trying to talk about that. We were actually talking about how to do more of like a, a Zoom or Insta Live sort of class thing. Uh, like I said before, the the good thing or maybe the bad thing is, is like we're not super wine professionals. So it would have to be in this context of like we're all in learning together or bring someone else in that, um, you know, bring if the winemaker could come down or someone that is a super professional to come really talk about the wines, because I feel like, um, you know, it would just be silly for someone to pay money or come along when and me tell you all about the wine. I mean, I can tell you about the wine, but, you know, to get the most out of an experience like that, it would be nice to have like a true professional. But we do talk about like um, having these Insta Live things where everyone come buy a bottle, uh, this new bottle, and then we'll all drink it on Instagram together and share our thoughts or, or do it here when we can, or I don't know. Right. Something but like I, that. I love that. And to me, it takes the stuffy pretentiousness out of the wine buying experience that you might get from, um, you know, the venter that's been doing this for generations and speaks about oaky tannins and so far over people's heads because y'all are tasting it and learning it and doing it as you go. I think that makes it very comfortable for people who don't know what they're doing yeah. either um, to be like, okay, well, let's figure it out. And I love yeah. that. Yeah, it's it's fun. I mean, it's so fun just to have people come in that, you know, I think I don't think we're converting, um, you know, hardcore wine drinkers that buy have their wine cellar. I mean, you know, they drink the wine, they, they know so much about wine, they drink the wine that they drink, we're, we're not expecting those people to come into our shop. Um, at the same time, we're not expecting the person that's buying the same bottle of Chardonnay from the grocery store to come in our shop. But I think there's like, this world of like, kind of you know, all ages we have we have a lot of young customers but older too I mean my age and older than that um coming in to uh that are just kind of like new to wine like excited about it because they haven't experienced wine truly they've just drink it as an afterthought and uh, so we're getting a lot of these like new fun people that are ex excited about it the way we are they're they're just you know they're new and so are we so it's all fun well, and I think that's the cool of it is figuring out all that stuff together. Uh, does Alfredo still work with y'all? Yes. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he, he's been with this, this shop since day one. Like we started talking about it a couple months before we opened and he was like, look, if y'all want help, I want to help. And it worked out perfectly because he used to work with us at Kiki 
when we first opened um, and he worked for, with us for a while, but that was like 10 years ago. Um, and uh, so it's really nice. Just like have him in my, my daily life again. You know, that's awesome. Uh, so he and Michael were in show choir together way back oh, in the day. Wait, I, did I know that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I don't think so. Um, yeah, no. And then he was working amazing. with Erica Badu for a while, right? Yeah. And he still, I think he still, he, he does, I mean, he still goes and sees her. She's in Dallas. So he was in Dallas for a while. He's had an amazing life. Like his story is really cool, but he lived in Dallas for a long time. And then he moved back here. And that's when we had, a, he worked with us at Kiki. He was taking care of his parents. And then I think he kind of bounced back to Dallas for a while. And now he's kind of back and forth, but mostly here. Um, so he's an only child and, his, you know, taking care of his father. So it's, it's sweet. Uh, but no, Alfredo is the best. People come into the shop just to see Alfredo. Like they, they know he's, it's, it's very cool. Yeah. I think we should set up like these four different fan clubs. Cause some people are going to come just to see Kit, some yeah. to see Alfredo, some to see you, some to see Denny. Um, we put y'all yeah, yeah. on the shelves, just like the bottles. Right. You, know, you can pick and choose your favorites. Cool. <laughs> yeah. We'll let people know when we're here. Yeah, exactly. Um, so a little bit about, uh, kind of when you think about your entire career span, which has moved through so many different iterations and so many different locations, what has really been your favorite project? Not like opening a store, but on a smaller scale. What's that one thing you think, I'm so glad I had the opportunity to do that? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, like just, uh, well, I guess, you know, we did, we did those this is like a love hate relationship, but I look back on it and go, wow, we did that is uh, the boucheries we did for runaway dish. Those were like, that was something I never anticipated us doing. I, as a person growing up in Louisiana, didn't like have that boucherie experience or background or, you know, I mean, I don't even think I had rice and gravy growing up as a child in, in South Louisiana, but, somehow like my life led me to like gathering a bunch of chefs to do do these boucheries chefs from all over the country it was a it was a pretty cool experience an exhausting experience but um that was that was really neat yeah I look okay, back so on that fine, for the fine three life. people who listen to this podcast outside of Acadiana um explain what a boucherie is okay a boucherie is uh uh basically a slaughtering of a pig where it's, you know, it's taken into different pieces and you have different groups of chefs making, or people, like usually it's just people, um, making different uh, dishes out of the different parts of the animal. So, uh, you know, there's, uh, someone's making sausage and someone's making boudin, someone is making cracklin and uh, backbone stew. And there's like eight or nine different places all these things go to and it's just like a hanging out all day and the celebration and you know it's it's a it's a social experience and it's also a way to um really appreciate you know what this animals get you know what you get out of this animal and what it's giving you and know where your food's from like really know where your food's from and how you know buying meat wrapped in plastic at the grocery store is really sad because you know we it comes from somewhere like special and so you really like honor honor the whole process and um yeah so i guess that's, that's nice uh, michael yeah. ever the producer has looked up the official definition which i liked your answer so well but <laughs> yeah, this is the official one no i thought you did a great job yeah. and you got it all right um a boucherie which translates to butchery is a Cajun tradition, um, the home of, uh, born of the time before refrigeration when killing a hog meant you needed a crowd to feed it to. It's an event unique to South Louisiana. While hog killings have happened wherever hogs are raised, the end result is a contrast. And so I love the point mm -hmm. that you make about really knowing where your food comes from because now all of a sudden, it's not just that sense of, I, I see it, I know it, I, I'm watching it being prepared, but it's that communal dining table too, where everybody's yep. eating it together. And that's, that's what I love about the Cajun culture. We do that so often, whether it's a gumbo yeah. or a crawfish boil or a boucherie, it's about everyone getting together and eating together. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I could never watch that. Or I don't want to see where my food, you know, I don't want to see all that. Like, I just want a hamburger. I just want, but like, actually just 
like I said, like seeing meat wrapped in plastic in the grocery store should be grosser, right? Like if you really think about it. So trying to really open people's eyes. So we had a lot of, we had people from all over the country coming to that and, and kind of getting to experience that, which you never, you, you know, unfortunately we don't see where our meat comes from because we can't. And I mean, that's impossible, but to really remember that I think is important at least see it well, once. And I think it's also, you know, hearkening back to our um, agricultural base here and knowing local farms and local farmers, which to me is full circle all the way back to natural wines. Yeah. Um, so That's really, I think you've been doing do this, yeah. the same thing the whole time, knowing yeah. the, the um, designers and the collections and the artisans that you carry at Kiki. Everything it seems like you've done in your career has been really getting down to the true creators and giving them a platform to connect with the people who enjoy their creations. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I, I feel like there's a big shift in general. Like that's what people want, you know, out of a product. They want a story. They want to know where it came from. You want to hear the story about this winemaker who said, you know, he says he doesn't fertilize his grapes and said he just walks the best fertilizer for his grapes is his bare feet in the field. You know, it's like, you want to know that that's what's happening and that's what you're getting inside this bottle. And yeah, it's, uh, I, but I think every, everything is kind of shifting to that, that way. So we've spent a lot of time talking about the successes and all the amazing things that y'all done in your, in your career and careers collectively. Um, tell me one that didn't go right. Something that you're like, Oh, I thought that was going to work out a lot better. What happened there? Oh, mm. uh. I know there's something. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we had a lot of, uh, I don't know, I don't know. Um, it's okay, it's not a real job interview, so you don't have to answer the question Yeah, to get the job. Um, I You've mean, I feel it. like any like little failure, we've only like, you know, tweaked it so that the next time we do it, it's better. I mean, you know, there's there's been nothing like, in like since I've opened Kiki, uh, you know, we've tried to do little things that don't work and like sell shoes. <laughs> and then we're like, we're not a shoe store. Yeah, maybe that's our biggest failure. Um, selling shoes. We'll never ever do that again. So uh, but you know, and then you just realize we're not a shoe store. We shouldn't be. So yeah. I th and I think that's what I love so much about this question is it's perspective. So you've had things that haven't maybe worked out, but they're never failures, they're lessons, right? Because you yeah. either win or you learn. And so by taking that approach and saying, okay, well, we're gonna try selling shoes. Oh no, we are not selling shoes anymore. It's not a failure. It's a way to figure out what yeah. you're better at and where you should be heading. I love those life lessons because to me, they yeah. all roll together. Um, you know, in all of my careers, I've only been fired one time. Yeah. Rick Freyart. Um, but no, 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 yeah. no. Would I be sitting right here had that yeah, not happened? That go. set me I'll on the path own, yeah. in the career. So no, I think that's the point is I could have taken my toys home and wallowed and thought yeah. my life is over or say, okay, what's the lesson? Where do I go next? How do I grow? And that sure. eventually leads to us owning this place. So yeah, and there you. you are make, having a podcast. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, um, yeah, I think every, and it's like if we had never had shoes, um, we would still be sitting around going, should we have shoes? Like we would still be, you know, should we sell shoes at Kiki? Like we would still be thinking about it until we did it and then failed or, or this wine shop. Like we would, we, if we hadn't done this, we would still be talking about it. Like, and it would be so annoying. And, you know, so we did it and it's only been January, so it might fail, but at least we did it, you know? Right. Well, um, I think about this though, yeah. if the shoes have been a success, and you've been so busy selling shoes, you wouldn't have had time to sell wine. Yeah, ugh, and I'd much rather sell wine right? than shoes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Right. Good point. Yeah. Um, so, as you look around the country at all of these companies that have done things, whether they're retailers like Kiki or they're wine stores like Wild Child, who do you watch and think, "Ooh, I like what they're doing." Like, I get inspiration from their moves. Mm, um, I mean, there's a lot of. Uh, there's definitely like this place. I just read the book. I read a whole book, cover to cover, of of cookbook, cover to cover. It's called La Bouvette. It's a little wine play. It's a wine shop, but mostly like a wine bar, a place to eat, eat and drink in Paris. And like that, that was places like that are the inspiration for what we're doing. We just want to create like a little 
cave, cave where you can sip wine and mingle with friends. It's kind of like your afternoon coffee shop. Um, and it's that's that's something that exists in France. Like it's just everywhere. Those kind of little places where you can buy a bottle of wine, leave with it, drink it here, do whatever you want. Um, so that that's inspiring. Uh, there's a there's a wine shop in LA called Helen's that's owned by uh, and these are all La Bouvette and Helen's, both females. Um, Helen is like a not not a like trained sommelier, but she is a sommelier for a bunch of restaurants in LA and she opened up the tiniest jewel box of a wine shop. It's like, I mean, a fifth of the size of this shop. It's so cute and tiny. It's inside one of the restaurants and her Instagram's great. Her like excitement about wine, like the way she talks about wine. It's very, she has a podcast it's called wine based. It's uh, it's cool. Like, you know, it makes, it makes wine relatable and, um, but she's also very like, very much for like the the natural wine movement and wine being you know not this processed thing and not this homogenized commercial product but a an agricultural product like we were saying before because it's that's what it is absolutely yeah. so do i sense that we're going to be um embarking on some guided tours soon are you gathering a bunch of us oh. up when we can travel and maybe yeah. that's one of your next ventures that would be so great i mean that was the big you know denny and i did this whole thing back backwards opening up a wine shop we haven't everyone asked oh have you been to these places we haven't been to any of these places so as soon as we can that's our next goal is to go visit these winemakers you know even if it's just going to california and oregon to start but um, yeah, and uh, but also going going to New York and not and eating and drinking at these you know places that have inspired us too for sure. Yeah, I think that's a guided trip, and I know a lot of people who would buy the tickets. So you just let okay. me know when you have the we'll itinerary. Figure that. That's a good idea. Okay, we'll figure that out. I mean, out. wouldn't that be yeah. fun? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like a little field love trip. That. Yeah, yeah, I would love that. A little, it's a little field trip. What advice would you give to the younger you? Ooh, um, definitely. Um, be less shy. I was just, even in college, I was just, I couldn't, I just couldn't talk to people very well. Like I, I wasn't a recluse or anything, but man, I just, and I don't know if, how to say that, not be less shy because you just can't help it, but don't be afraid to speak up, I guess is maybe the better way to say it. Like I just, I couldn't, ever jump into a conversation or participate in class or whatever it was like I just I couldn't do it and I mean I guess maybe having Kiki and being in front of people it's like really made me change and be fine with it and Denny too like Denny was so shy and even when I met him and I think because of his business and having to just go meet people and take pictures and now doing this he's like you know we're both shy people that are don't really come across as super shy like we used to be I would say like you painfully. don't at all. You don't yeah. at all. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah. What gives you hope? Oh, um, well, definitely raising a child brings like all the hope into your bloodstream. It's amazing to watch like a little life be so, um, you know, curious and excited about everything. And like, when do we lose that? Like, or why do we lose that? We, I guess we have to, but how can, you know, you know, that each time there's like a new child born, there's just like something great that's created that, you know, what will Kit do? Will she figure out how to get rid of single use plastic, please? Like, you know, that's, you know, something just, there's hope that I guess, yeah, everyone says children are our future, are our future. And, you definitely like, yeah, you hear that. But when you have a child, like you, you see it. It's so cool. I, I had no idea. Yeah. So that, um, that gives me hope. Caitlin Freyard's watching. She said, Kit's the oh. best. So I oh, definitely think you. that single use plastic thing might be, I mean, maybe by the time junior high, you know, if she could just take care of it by then, that'd be great. Yeah, I know. Just save the world, Kit. Come on. Like, right. uh, yeah, we're going to work on that. Yeah. So as someone who was, in your words, painfully shy, what advice would you give to this year's incoming freshmen who are starting a new school in a pandemic without the usual opportunities for socialization and meeting people? I mean, what would you tell them? Wow. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I think that's, 
that's so, I don't even, it's such a weird time. Uh, I mean, luckily everyone's more connected than I was in college. You know, I, there wasn't Facebook, there wasn't social media of any sort. I guess there was MySpace, but I don't know. But either, we were barely texting, like texting was even weird. Like I, I would not bring my phone with me to go places because that was weird. Like that's wild. So I guess, you know, I guess like really, um, and this is still kind of one of my faults, as you might know, like just like when people call you, answer the phone or like respond and, you know, just respond and communicate. Like communication will get you so far. You know, like I always do that. Like someone will call the Kiki and I'm like, I don't want to talk to them. And, and then I'm like, why? Just talk to them. Like it's so easy. Don't take a message and I have to call them back. And like it's more of a hassle. And, and, uh, and then it, you know, it turns into something great. Like I'm doing this podcast and I should have answered your call. I was going to say, so are you thinking about the fact that I've been asking you to do this for months? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's one example. So, but I but appreciate that you finally said yes. And so here we yeah, are. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. What do you say to yourself when you're in doubt? Ooh, um, I get, this is new for me. Uh, like, cause I do, I used to doubt myself a lot or like, I mean, not doubt myself a lot, but have doubt or get frustrated that something can't be done. And then it's such an easy fix when I realize, like, I can just do it. Like, whatever it is that needs to be, you know, if I'm annoyed by the way something looks, like, fix it, Katie. Don't just, like, meh about it. Like, or if I'm doubting that someone, you know, something's not going to work out, like, just make, just do the thing, why do I have doubt? Like fix it or be there or be present or focus on it more, I don't know. It's like, it's I have the ability to do so much within myself and I don't have to rely on other people. Like, or, I don't know, like I think I would just rely, like someone else is gonna fix it for me. I don't, I'm aggravated with this and someone else will do it or I doubt this is gonna work and I can, I can do it. I don't know. Does that make sense? Is that it does. Fun? But so yeah. what's that little pep talk that you give yourself? I mean, is there a magic set of words? Do you go for a run? I mean, how do you get yourself into it? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I think it's like kind of kind of like a magic set of words, maybe like a little tiny meditation, um, nothing like formal, but um, just like just fix it, fix the problem. Like what's the big deal? Like I, I, I feel like I'm so, I've sometimes blocked myself from doing things because I just get like stuck and I can just use a little more energy and do it. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe a run, a run. I don't know. I think help. we all yeah. do that though. Um, yeah. Zach Barker's watching. He sends you a little heart. Oh, thanks. Yeah. All my family members are watching. Nice. That's really sweet. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So what values do you live by? What are the big um, ones for you? Uh, I think um, being a nice person. Uh, I, I think like just just not being my biggest thing, and it's especially what I see in kids is like just like bullying and being mean. Like just don't be mean. Like let's all be just nice. That's like so big for me. Um, uh, and and being uh, helpful, which I guess could be considered nice. But, and also being generous, like these are kind of all related maybe, but um, I think Denny, Denny's a good example. And I, and I feel like I do this too. Like he's get, he's generous and giving. And like, we just, when people need help or need something like we're, we try to be there. And I, I think it just, all that spreads the more you can do that, but just being kind and generous and helpful. I don't, are those all the same? I don't know. But they're all equally important. Yeah. What do you collect? Ooh. Um, uh, well, my mom used to collect Pez dispensers, and now I have a bunch of those because she gave them all to me. Uh, um, we collect cookbooks for sure. We have an extensive, like, cook. We are obsessed with cookbooks, Denny and I both, um, for different reasons and same reasons. Uh, cookbooks, yeah. That's a big one. All right. That's good. What's your pettiest yeah. pet peeve? Oof. Um, mean people. Mean people. Uh, there's a lot of like, oh, Denny wanted me to start writing a list of these things, but I can't think of any right now. Um, 
like, oh man, when, you know, things like when the flight's about to leave and everyone gets hovers, like just sit down. Like, why are you all saying those kind of things just ha, like get me crazed. So other um, people's impatience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just sit back. Uh, but there's some other ones. I, I can't think of them. The list would one. be good, though. All right, so last card. This is the lightning okay. round. Ready? Ooh. Oh, okay, yeah. Favorite place on Earth? Ooh, uh, home. Okay. Movie yeah. you can't turn off? Oh, uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> That's the exact opposite <laughs> thing I thought you were going to say. Oh. I was expecting some deep, insightful, European, oh. foreign language film. I love that it's no. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> That's I awesome. Turn, I could turn those movies off probably. I don't know. Uh, yeah. TV show that you like to binge watch? Ooh, so many. Um, lately, uh, what did we just watch? The Politician? That was good. How great is that? It's good, yeah. That was really fun. I had uh, no idea. If that you get so a fun. chance to uh, listen to Rob Lowe's podcast, literally, um, yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow is on it and talks uh, about she's amazing. making... Well, she's, you know, she was a client of yeah. mine way back. And so uh, uh, you remind me so much of her physically. Oh, um, oh cool. Thanks. Hugest compliment <laughs> I can I'll give. Um, yeah. But so it's her making that with her husband, Brad. Um, oh yeah. Who is also cool. Roblo's boss on nine one one. And so okay. it's fascinating to hear them talk about it kind of behind the scenes. Oh, I'll have to listen. Yeah. It yeah. was so good. Yeah. Um, favorite book. Uh, the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good mm. one. Um, Kit's been watching the movie too. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I bet, I bet. Yeah. Um, favorite podcast. What do y'all listen to? Oh, Mark Maron. Good one. I just love it. Yeah. Excellent. Favorite musician? Sade. Nice. Uh, what are you saying at karaoke night? Uh, I think we're alone now. It's the only one I do. Ooh, that's a classic. But only um, when Julie Bordelon's there and makes me do it. So, yeah. <laughs> Favorite sport to watch? Oh, uh, beach volleyball. Oh, good answer. Um, favorite meal or food? Uh, oysters on the half shell. Okay. Raw. I'm glad you did not feel compelled to say Denny's pizza. I like that you ventured out. You no. Know, and I mean, we, we won't get into it, but I used to not like pizza, but I mean, Ooh. or not want pizza ever, but I've come around. So. Interesting. Mm. Um, favorite leisure activity. Hmm. Bathing. Okay. Yeah. Is mm. that also your favorite way to treat yourself or do you have something different for that? Mm, a nice bottle of wine, oh, maybe. Nice mm. tie in there. Good answer. And best concert you've ever been to? Oh, huh. That's a tough one. Um, that's the toughest question. What would be, man? Uh, I saw the police. That was good. That was memorable. Yeah. Yeah. I it bet was so. really good. Sting. Yeah, it was good. That's Although I wish I'd seen Sting by himself too, but I never did. It's a whole different set of songs, you yeah. know, it's a very different vibe. Um, yeah. so that's been an hour and you survived it. Oh, that was so fun. Right. You that's see, great. That's what yeah. I kept promising you and all of my stalkerish begging messages that I would make it fun. So I'm glad that's what you thought. Um, what question do you wish I had asked and how would you have answered it? Oh, that's a, that's a really hard question too. Um, Oh, I don't know. Um, oh, does does your mom drive you crazy at work? <laughs> and? and I would have and I would have said no, never, ever, ever, ever. Would you have had your fingers crossed? Under exactly. <laughs> there we go. No, uh, but no, really. It's we've come a long way. I mean, of course, we drive each other crazy, but I feel like it's been a fun ride. So it's good. Yeah, we're we're in a good place. Yeah. So you've worked with your mom and now you've worked with your husband. Is one more challenging than the other? Ooh, uh, yeah, I think they're both pretty great. Now, I don't know how I could ever be partners with someone that I wasn't like in love with or, you know, t connected to so hard because it does give you this dynamic that you could never have with even like a best friend. You know, you can really say what you want, I think, which is good and bad. I'm sure you know. Yeah, I do uh, indeed. And it is yeah. both good and bad. Yeah. But I think 
you get to the final result quicker, maybe. There's no like dancing around certain things. Right. Well, yeah. and I think you, you, your, um, your values and your goals are usually in alignment. And I think that's a big yeah. part of, you have to be successful because you're both have skin in the game and you're in it together. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I could divorce him a lot easier than I could break up being working with him. So yeah, here we yeah. are. Be a lot harder. <laughs> yeah, together. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. So um, thank you, Katie. Yeah, I appreciate your you. time and your intention and your energy. And I love Wild Child Wines. And I cannot oh, wait to see you. what y'all yeah. are doing next. Um, and thank you for being a guest on the podcast. This has just been great. And to everybody that has watched and listened, um, we appreciate it. Please continue to subscribe and share with your friends and ask questions because it's your role and involvement that makes this so much fun. Um, so thank you all very much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Jackie. Sure thing.